Assalamu alaikum, brother. Brother. Peace to the God. Peace. <clears throat> uh, what's going on? Uh, bro, I'm I'm good. What about yourself? I'm hanging in there, brother. They trying to kill this horse, but they don't know <laughs> you can't kill a horse. You got to shoot him and put him out of his misery. <laughs> well, bro, we 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 have been we have been taught in 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 the uh, the knowledge of self that there's no such death for the righteous. That is correct, sir. But I tell you one goddamn thing: I won't be standing in front of no damn cars. You uh, <laughs> prove that <laughs> to anybody because you can't have supreme wisdom, which is one of the things we're going to talk about tonight, and say that uh, you are going to stand in the face of death and uh, consider yourself to be dumb. <laughs> As the five percent is always questioning about you, are you gone? The question remains. Uh, we stand by all the protesters, considering uh, considering Black Lives Matter and um, the struggle for Black liberation, freedom, justice, and equality. We stand by all of that, but we, as the followers of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Do not put ourselves in harm's way for a righteous reason. Some may call it cowardice. Um, but if we are the indeed um, the people of divine nature, we do not do anything that would harm ourselves purposely or put us in harm's way. I don't think most people in the Black Power Movement understand that. And so they would just reduce it to it being cowardice on our part. But you will see in the history of the nation that there is no cowardice, just carefulness. Indeed. Indeed. All right, brother. Um... There's no seat seat belts on this rocket ship. We're <laughs> gonna travel the universe in one hour of black power thinking tonight. Um, did you see the article I sent you? I know you didn't have a chance to read it, but sometime a picture is a is worth a thousand words. They said that there's been over a hundred and four car attack incidents of Black Lives Matter protesters in 2020. I'd I'd like to first uh, um, say stay in peace to Heather Hare, the white woman in uh, Charlottesville, Virginia, that was run down by a pro-Trump anti-protester that was bent on doing harm to anybody that was protesting for Black Lives Matter. Uh, All of these incidents of Black Lives Matter come from things like Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and 
so on and so on. And we must remember them as well. Um, and we have to have solutions that, that are um, beyond just merely protesting. And I'll let you take the floor, brother. The five-minute mark in DF and Universe. One hour black power thinking. <clears throat> well, I think I should start off um, or begin um, by being facetious and saying that... <laughs> Watch it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be using those big words on me. <laughs> And, and, uh, hold on and, one second. The the access code to call in is um five two zero nine four nine. We are live on Instagram. Sorry for the interruption, uh, Doctor Wayne. Um, we got Ebony and uh, James in the live Instagram feed. Um, let me give out the number. The one eight hundred number is one eight four four. Eight four four one four. The access code is five two zero nine four nine. Join us in this conversation and go right ahead, Doctor Wayne. And sorry for the interruption. <clears throat> no problem at all. Um. So, uh, and and welcome to the the, the calling guest or the visiting guest. Uh, but let me just I, I was saying that I want to start off by being facetious. And <laughs> and uh, being facetious, I mean, uh, th- there's 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 this great white hope that said there were great people or good people on both sides. <laughs> so, <laughs> so even though someone ended up losing their their life their life as a result of this protest, there there was still to be right. It was ordained. Well, and because there was someone that was was praying for. Uh, during the elections uh, uh, for the spirits of Africa and African angels uh, mm. to, 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 to um, come out and, 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 and help this president, this current president mm. that we have. But that same current president said that there were good people on both sides. And, and, and so with the tiki torches and with all the things that were going on and people dying, he felt like, hey, you know, they, they they were good people on both sides. So, um, it, it I, I think your argument really falls on the ears of the 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 people that um, that have a heart, or the people that you know have empathy, or the people that have sympathy. Because there's another there's another side of the people. Almost seven plus million people that voted for this president that feel differently and feel like the current president that says there were good people on both sides. So I don't know that those people think that this guy mowing down this woman with a car was a bad thing. That is correct, sir. And if you you'd have to ask yourself as a protester if that is the viable way to confront this um, energy. Hmm. Um, 
well, I, I, well, I really think that's relative. I think it's relative. I think it's relative to the person that you're talking to. So if this is a conversation between you and I, it 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 it, it might be two sided, hmm. right? In in that you you know you may feel like you you know I'm not saying that you do, but I'm just saying hypothetically, you may feel like violence need to be met with violence, you know, in the way that it's being carried out. Hmm. You know, um, and while I can tell you that I surely was at a place in my life where I felt that was the case. And and in fact, violence would have been my first answer, my first, (laughs) you know, resolution to a problem. Um, I can't, I can't say today responsibly that I feel that way. Um, Hmm. But 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 there's a part of me in, in the way that I grew up that feels that way. And so hmm. I I do understand it. I just don't feel that it's right to manifest it at this stage. Hmm. Yes, sir. Um, I think one of the things that we have to learn in the Black Power movement, in this Black Power thinking process, is the mode of survival. And how can you have survival if you're constantly putting yourself in harm's way intentionally? Because these people are not playing with you. Although you think that you are protesting them, they will outright kill you. And from a legal standpoint, now they just gave the guy that killed Heather Hayer, rest in peace, uh, in Charlottesville, Virginia, in 2000, the, the incident occurred in 2017. 2018, he was convicted of uh, murder and given life imprisonment. Now, had this um, protest have been black, I don't think the outcome would have been so harsh. And I'm pretty sure you follow me on what I'm saying, Dr. Moore. Um, so the, the, the I forgot his name, uh, James something, got life in prison for killing Heather Hayer. But um, it doesn't bring back the life of Heather Hayer, nor does it in any way promote any further the development of Black Lives Matter. She becomes a martyr with no resolution to the problem for which she stood in the first place, that she was willing to give her life. I don't think she purposely wanted to give her life, but you don't know the behavior and the extreme um, activities of people that oppose you and your political or or, um, natural rights for freedom, justice, and equality. Yeah, but I, I don't think, okay, historically, right, um, historically, when I hear you say what you're saying, I don't know that that has ever changed, right? And, and the reason why I'm saying that is because you you had a person like Mega Evers, right, that did the same thing, you know, and he lost his life in front of his house with hmm. his family on the inside. So I'm saying, historically, this has always been the case. Right. That but As we've grown uh, as um, thinkers, 
have we in done? this in this in this type of uh black power movement what what I'm honestly saying is was it worth it I'll, I'll give you as a prime example if if I may um do you think it would have been better for you to be in prison or jail because of your beliefs in uh black power or is it better for you to be in an advantageous position of of being a, a, a clinical doctor in psychology that would help or at least um, put you in a position to help black people better being alive than dead? Well, I think that's an easy answer for me, right? That's an easy that's a And easy. it should be easy for the rest of us as activists. Yeah, but 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 here's the thing. If if you had talked to me prior right. to those accomplishments happening, I would have probably answered that differently. Right. Now how do we as older people remember Minister Farrakhan said young men for war, old men for counsel, but how yeah. can we reach the youth and tell them that it's not worth it? to protest that way. It would be better for you to get an education and help yourself and then you can help black people but you can't do that from a jail cell nor from the grave. How do we stop them from their their youthfulness and um, quickness to anger and emotion? How do we get them out of that emotional state and into a black power thinking state. Okay, so so my first response is, um, what's the mentality of the older council? Because, and, and the reason why I'm asking that question is because I know older council that feel like the younger council. Right, and, and look what happened to college. Yeah, yeah, so, so, so that's my point. So, you Was almost it advantageous for him to be dead. Not from my perspective. Of course not. I not, don't think anybody's perspective would have that as being the ultimate outcome that we're looking to achieve. Yeah, but 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 here's here, but here's the problem. I know what we call OGs or old gangsters that have a different mindset. Right, and and, and let's see where they end up. Yeah, yeah, but that's the thing. So, but some of the OGs have more of an uh, of an impact, or or an they can keep that impact, brother. If that's that's the way to black power movement, they can keep it. Yeah, but hear he, hear me out. But what I'm saying is, there are a lot of OGs, right, that have a different type of impact on the younger generation with that old mentality. And so the young mentality will follow that that gangster OG mentality quicker than they will someone like myself, because right. they might they might feel detached from a person right. like me, right? right? They might say, "Oh, you might you may have been from the hood, but you you changed. You you ain't from the hood no more. We don't identify with you, right? Or you don't identify with us. But hmm. these OGs who live here with us every day." They know, mm. so mm. so 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 the hood mentality is going to be different. 
if you live in a hood and you don't leave the hood, then that perspective of what's happening in the hood is gonna carry a lot more effect for most of them than the ones that that left the hood, right? So if if I personally disclose this disclose something. When when I was in the streets and all that other stuff, the, one of the things I remember the most when, when I was incarcerated was one of the OGs said to me, "The what you want to do or what you don't want to do is take advice from people that are locked up telling you how to be free." Hmm. You want to, and what he said to me is, "Say that if, again, brother." He said, he said to me, if 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 you want if you want to be free, you want you don't want to take that advice about freedom from people that are locked up. You want to you you want to listen to people hmm. that aren't locked up and haven't been locked up. And hmm. that's and that's how you that's how you stay free. That's how hmm. you stay not locked up. Hmm. Because I'm gonna tell you, when you go to jail, bro, there there are a lot of jailhouse lawyers. Hmm. That are that are gonna tell you, you know, X, Y, and Z how to beat a crime. X, but from that point of me hearing that advice, I said, you know what? A bell went off, right? Bro, and, and and from this day, <laughs> jailhouse lawyer, whatever you want to call yourself, career criminal, you can't <laughs> give me no advice. <laughs> you can't give me no advice about how to stay out of jail. <laughs> You know, so and, so, and, so it, and, and that is the the feeling with with the nation as a collective. You as protesters, not you, brother, um, but you plural, that are in the business of protesting. We support you, but we know there's follies or flaw in that type of logic going towards the twentieth, twenty. Uh, 20- second century that we need to refrain from or at least provide viable alternatives going forward in the next segment brother we are at the 19 minute mark in the effing universe I'd like to continue this conversation about convincing the youth to become more powerful rather than becoming more incarcerated, more dead, or more protagonist. It's okay to be a protagonist and and, um, protest against this and that, but you're not getting anywhere as a people. Yesterday we discussed how do we get somewhere as a people where we're recognized as a nation before the world. Even though we had uh, different um, sides that we took in that argument, I think um, no one in their right mind wants to be at a position of powerlessness. And you have the last word for this segment, brother. Oh, well, bro, you only gave me like uh, 30 seconds, but we always (laughs) go over. (laughs) We always go over. And let me give out the number for anybody that would like to join us in the conversation live. That number is 81844 844 
The access code is 520-949. Go ahead, brother. Okay, so, and and I think a part of um, uh, uh, the different sides or different views or perspectives that, that we had, I think one of the things that we agreed on um, was that we, we, we needed to learn from history, right? Mm. And, and yes, what I mean sir. about and what I mean by learning from history is that we want to be very careful about criticizing or breaking down bridges that have created a way for us to come across. Hmm. And, 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 and not only not, not only that, but there, there are many different methodologies to getting to where we need to go. But tearing down one to only utilize another is what historically has has created um, the biggest downfall for us as a black community, and mm-hmm. and 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 so in in saying that, I'm, I'm saying that there are many methodologies. There, you know, we 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 talk about uh, Du Bois and Booker T, Martin and Malcolm, you know, and just you know um, all these different people that were on the friends of one another historically, and not able to bridge that gap to get us to the other side. But saying now, let's look at what has happened historically and why we couldn't get to the other side to see now in contemporary day where we need to link to get everybody or to get all of us to that point that you always talk about in terms of black people as a whole, you know, black people as a unit. How do, how do we get there? And I'm saying we get there by uniting our differences. Yes, right? sir. And, and so to me, it's not about you not liking the Nation of Islam or Minister Farrakhan, not liking Al Sharpton, not liking, you, you know, Nan and, and his organization, but all of what's out there, whether it's Black Lives Matter, you, you know, whether it's a, a new modern day Panther Party, I'm saying that all of us, all of us need to respect and be appreciative of all the angles that we are going to take to get over this thing called racism, to get over the, to, to get over black poverty, to get over black on black crime. All the things that, that, that we see that is problematic as our community, what we have to do is, is not marginalize or trivialize, you know, you know, any of the experiences or any of the directions that these different organizations are taking, but unify with all of them. Hmm. That's deep, brother. And that is the direction I want to go in. I don't care if you agree with me or not. And we put that out there in DF and Universe in the first 20 minutes, and we'll be back with another 20-minute segment right after these messages. Peace. Peace. The higher you build your barriers, away, 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 the taller I become. There he is. Now Please. speak loud, James. Speak into the mic. And we are back in DF and Universe. Sorry about that, Dr. Wayne. Not a problem, bro. I'm trying to get um, 
James with brother James with no technical savvy savvy <laughs> to the uh, conversation. He's on the eight four four number, okay. and um, even if we don't get him tonight in this uh, conversation, at least people with better sense than James <laughs> will know how to contact us live during these types of powerful discussions, brother. I gave you a lot on your plate when we left in the last segment, brother, about how do we avoid or prevent our youth from wasting their youth and youthfulness on... um, You're not on mute, James. Now, don't interrupt the damn lecture. Now, how do we get our youth, Dr. Wayne, off of... um, this suicide mission for black liberation or freedom justice, fighting for freedom justice of, of and equality with emotion rather than strategy. Um, now, you may not even agree with me. Um, yeah, so um, because and, and the reason I want to say um, whether it's not about whether or not I agree or disagree, but I think that what we have to be careful about with this younger generation is when you when we use terminology like suicide mission, you know, when we use certain words with them, we turn them off. And because we, as the older generation, we have a perspective, right? And so let me give you an example. Can, can you follow me for a second? Sure. Okay. So when Barack Obama was running for president, Jesse Jackson, in an unintentional um, slip of words, said something about Barack, right? And he said something to the effect of, I should cut his balls off, or we should cut his balls off. Hmm. Right? And when 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 that slip of tongue came out, people felt a certain way. They they felt like Jesse was um was old and detached. They felt <laughs> that Jesse was jealous and envious. And they felt like Jesse had missed his mark and he couldn't appreciate what the young brother was doing at that time. Right? And 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 so what I'm saying is and in in a lesson to be learned from that is to be careful about how we approach the youth. And 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 I'm saying that to say that, you know, it's is we have to be careful of trivializing their feelings, their emotions, and making them not feel validated by what they are attempting to do. Because a lot of what we learn was was the way they're learning right now, was by trial and error. And 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 so attempting to take the trial and error away from them, it it it, it removes the strength of what they may gain by learning from it. Right? And 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 I'm going to take this to a personal uh, perspective and say that in you and I becoming parents, probably some of the things that we did 
that we thought that we were being resourceful or we thought that we were being beneficial, uh, uh, where we thought we were being beneficial of, is that there were barriers that we grew up in and around, right? And challenges and struggles, and what and what we wanted to do, which is what a lot of generations before us attempted to do and did do, they removed those barriers. And so in us becoming parents and removing those barriers, what we didn't realize is that we prevented that strength from growing. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or what we did when we removed those barriers, a strength that would have came up didn't come up. Mm-hmm. Because, the, because the things that made you and I strong, let's say we played you know, slap boxing in the street. Or we play joning or, or or picking on one another. What those things that that we did that made us physically and mentally strong to deal with our peers, we saw those challenges, right? And so we wanted to remove them for for our kids, and we did. Right. And 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 in us removing those barriers for our kids, our kids didn't they they didn't obtain that mental toughness. Nor can they relate to it. It, 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 right, so so that's my point. So I want to be very careful in criticizing the the generation that's coming along, right, and criticizing them when we're the ones that remove the barrier for them to be tough in those places. Now that is a very deep point, brother. Which um, I was going to also um talk about um, how we had a conversation with your kids about two weeks ago and um, how we had to let off off of the brake or let up off of the gas because sometimes we we, um, alienate our kids and alienate the youth in general because they can't relate to the struggle that we went through. It's like my mother told me that for Christmas they got fruit. One would get an apple, one would get an orange. We couldn't relate to that. Like, we mean you got fruit. <laughs> Nobody got an action Jackson doll. Nobody got a um, a Ken and Barbie doll. What the hell is getting fruit for Christmas? That's getting nothing. We couldn't un- understand or identify with their struggle. In fact, we made fun of it. Um, so on both ends, for for our generations coming up and for us as older, wiser people who have survived the struggle, you're right. We have removed that barrier and now our youth can't relate to the things that we try to warn them about. Well, well let me say this. Um, I want to be very careful about using the statement wiser because I don't know that all of us in our generation have become wiser, hmm. right? Um, I think we may feel like we have become wiser. I don't know that we have, but <clears throat> so um, I don't want to lose any of the things that I just heard you say, but when I do want to get to, um, and I, I think I may lose some of what you said, uh, but but I, I think a, I, our kids don't know that we don't know, right? 
And 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 what I mean by that is, you know, we become parents, but but us becoming parents does not mean that we are authorities on being parents. A lot of us are become parents and we're figuring parenting out as we're raising our kids. And our kids don't know that we're figuring parenting out. And so what happens is sometimes our kids become resentful of us for not knowing how to be good parents. Hmm. But a lot of us, you know, are, are mimicking, you know, what we saw our parents do or we're trying to do something different from what our parents did. But at the same time, we're, we are experimenting with these young souls, right? So I'll share a conversation that, that I had with a, a client. Um, and I'm not going to mention any names or anything like that. But I'm but I'll share this, the, the conversation because the client that I was having a conversation with um, is generational generations younger than, 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 than I, right? And so yes, sir. I, I'm going to talk about two different clients, but kind of the same conversation. And part of the conversation was just about what I just said, where parents, sometimes parents don't know that they don't know. And and sometimes children don't know that parents don't know, right? So, for example, one of the, and I don't know if you, have, you and I talked about this or not, but I'm old enough to have lived during a time where TV cut off at 12 midnight, hmm. right? And there was a flag that came on. There was no TV. If you wanted to watch cartoons, you probably got up on Saturday morning. It was the time you caught cartoons. There was never 24 hours of TV, 24 hours mm -hmm. of technology. We didn't have that, right? And so because we didn't have that, you know, it, it, it made us a particular way, right? If, if, if you got, and so what I want to add into this conversation is the way that our mind develops cognitively, right? Yes, sir. So, so you know, our minds are structured. It, it's almost like dinosaur-like because our minds are the only thing that have stayed consistent while technology has advanced, 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 advanced. Who, who we are psychologically and mentally has kind of stayed the same. Hmm. But 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 the technology that the mind is getting is different, right? So you had our generation, and let's deal with the generation of the kids that we're raising, right? So if we're dealing with that, right? Now, again, like I said, TV would cut off at like 12 midnight. You only would get cartoon at a certain time. There was no, you know, internet and all the rest of that stuff. You didn't have any of that. But in the mat in the in a matter of 20 years, right? 15, 20 years, technology completely boomed, hmm. right? Boom. And, and, and now you got everything instantly. It was almost like, like we can remember when the microwave came out, right? Boom, you put a sandwich, you put something in the microwave, boom, come out, it's hot, you can eat it. We can remember right. that. Our kids can't remember that because they were born into it. It was already there, right? Hmm. So the same way with, with technology. So let's say your generation, my generation, we went to school. We got joned on and we got picked at because of the shoes that we wore were not popular or the jacket or the shirt or the jeans or whatever. It wasn't name brand. We got picked at, right? 
but we only got picked at by the people that were at school. You you are raising children that get picked at by the world. Hmm. Right? And, and not only get picked at by the world, but get picked at by the world instantaneously. Right? I'm talking about you, your child could, 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 could get like 100,000 dislikes or 100 dislikes in like five minutes. Now, mm. psychologically, your brain is not equipped to handle that type of disappointment. Right? But it's happening. Right. It's, it's happening, right? And so you're looking at your kid and wondering why your kid is not tough. <laughs> but your, your kid has been beaten down since the time they was five or since the time you gave them an iPhone mm. or a cell phone. And not only have they have been beaten down, but they've been beaten down by the world in a way that you don't know how to you don't know how to teach them or to tell them how to deal with it because you never had to deal with it yourself. Wow. That's deep. So if I go back to your initial question about um preventing our youth from going down a suicide mission, it almost sounds like you we are attacking them like every social world that they are in. And that's what we want to be careful about. Exactly. Now, given that caveat or warning, how do we find these solutions of um, connecting with our younger selves. Wow. Um, right. It's, it's interesting that, that that's an interesting question because it depends on it really depends on who you're talking to, particularly if you're talking to a therapist and depending on the techniques that the therapist is going to use. Hmm. Right. Because if I'm a therapist and I'm only going to use behavior, I'm only going to address the behavior. I'm not going to address where it started, how it began. Can you give a, give an example of how do you address that behavior? So if 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 you come to me and 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 but I'm not a behavior behaviorist, a purely behaviorist. So, but if you came to me and I was just a behaviorist, I wouldn't really care about. Well, I don't know if I should use the word care, but I probably wouldn't really deal with where the behavior came from, I would just only focus on changing the behavior. Hmm. But if I only focus on just changing the behavior, what I didn't focus on is where the behavior came from. So if I got you to change the behavior, it would only do something different. Hmm. Right? So now if it was cognitive, meaning which which is in the mind, and I'm and I'm saying, okay, let me get you to shift the way you think about it. That might be something different. Mm-hmm. But if I approach it from a humanistic perspective, then I might look at the whole person, and I might want to say, well, let's deal with what we call unfinished business. Mm-hmm. And so unfinished me- business could be. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So unfinished business could be something that started in, in the childhood. 
and we would go back to that part mm -hmm. of your life and then work up. Cool. Um, let me give you an example of uh, an amateurish, uh, if, if you will, solution to that problem. Um, knowing what is wrong. I, I think you articulated very clearly the generation gap that has caused this connection to be faulty between us and our younger selves. Um, but here's the solution that I have. I don't know how viable it is, but I'm going to always try to give a solution anyway. That That's one of my um, faults, if you, if you will. I always have to have a solution to every problem. In mathematics, every problem has a solution. It may not be the one you want, but it has a solution if you know the principles of math. Um, so here's my amateur solution to the problem of the youth. The fact that they are so willing and bent on the right now instead of investing in their future is because they lack imagination. So like in a situation where you tell a person, we don't celebrate Christmas in this household. It's not a bad thing that they lack imagination, but they don't have any other reference point than your household telling them there's no Christmas tree here. What I what I try to give uh, the youth in that case is here's, here's, here's the scenario. Here's where it came from, but here's what you need to be thinking about. Your imagination is powerful. And there's something better than just protesting every time there's an incident. Because these incidents are going to continue. Because you can't change people. You can only change yourself. So if a person is racist, or if a person wants to negatively react and drive his car into a crowd of people protesting for um the lives of black people there's nothing you can do to change him but you can put yourself in a position where you're no longer a target of such nonsense we are still in victim mode as black people and i think even you had said that victimization mode is destructive in itself we need to recognize that we are victims of slavery that we are victims of post-traumatic slave syndrome, but we also need to be thinking in empowering ways. And I don't see any empowerment in those type of youthful things that we've already experienced and know that they didn't work for us. Maybe they can work for the youth, but here's, here's something to think about creatively instead of going down the path we went down. Because I'd take a doctor's degree in anything. I'd take a doctor's degree in bubblegumness rather than to be in my present state. But I wanted to protest. I wanted to be a part of that movement 
of resistance to this um, tyranny and social injustice that we were facing that I lost sight of the goal. And the goal is personal achievement because personal achievement is better at helping others than those who still stay in that struggle of powerlessness. And we are at the 20 minute mark in BF and Universe. I don't know if you understood what I said, brother, mm-hmm. but I gave it in his honest, in an honest, um, in an honest way as I could. Um, we'll be back for the last 20 minute segment after these messages, but I'll give you the last word on that. <laughs> uh, bro, I, I, okay. <laughs> So so I'll I'll try to start and then hopefully I can come back and keep my focus. Um yes, so sir. so very uh I'll give you five minutes okay. to go. <laughs> so um you started the, your um conversation with um always looking for a solution and you think very mathematically. Um I'm appreciative of that perspective. I, I get it. But I'm very subjective in saying that I get it. And I only get it because I know you. So I know how you think. Mm-hmm. But if I was an outsider looking in, I probably would not get you. And and mm-hmm. and it would probably be a turnoff. But I I know that mm-hmm. your heart is in the right place. So I get you. But 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 mm-hmm. what it sounds like is it sounds very detached from people that don't think like you think, right? So, so mm. for example, like I have um, friends or people that might look at a wall, right? And if the wall is a white wall, to them in their mind, they think about all the things that could go on that white wall. Like that white wall is just a clear white wall. It needs this, it needs this, it needs this. Well, if mm. I go, if I buy a house and the walls are white and they're clear, I love it. I ain't thinking nothing, mm. right? I don't have an imagination right. like that, you know, at all. <laughs> I ain't, I'm thinking, man, this is fine. This is a fine, <laughs> clear white wall. Right. And if I come in, it's appealing to everybody. It's it's appealing to me. But to the person that doesn't think Mm -hmm. abstract, like, or the person that does Mm -hmm. think abstract doesn't see that like that. And they can't wait to put something on that wall. So I may come in because I like that clear, pretty pretty wall. And I come in and they Mm -hmm. have now painted and did all these things to the wall. It may affect my clear vision of the world, my clear vision of mm. how things should be done. So when I hear, so when mm. I hear you say <coughs> to the youth, you all lack vision. Sounds like criticism, right? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and if you're saying you all need to do X, Y, and Z, you all need to do X, Y, and Z. I almost hear, I almost hear this side of you that talks about your father manifesting in you. Mm. You know, mm. constantly saying 
to you or to your brothers, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, where you didn't have that vision at all. But he was constantly hmm. saying to you, you need to have this vision. You need to see it the way I see it. You need to see it the way I see it. But while you did not like that yourself, you were manifesting that to everybody else. Hmm. And that is hitting the um, the 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 nail. How, how do you say that? that? That's hitting the hammer on the head of the nail. That is it exactly, brother. And when we come back, we'll discuss it more about personal achievement, collective achievement, and how our past will have negative or positive effects on that. Um, one of the things that I wanted to bring up um, and we'll be right back is the, the fact that um, you had a choice sitting in prison, sitting in jail, and you made the right choice. And nobody is going to tell you <laughs> no matter how much uh, younger they are than you that any other alternative that didn't involve getting out of jail would have been just as viable. So when we come back, we'll address that and other things with our personal issues and um, how we get over them in order to keep the black power mentality strong. And good night to you, uh, Sister Ebony. <laughs> we'll be right back after these messages. Indeed. Peace. And we are back in DFM Universe. One hour of black power thinking with our host, Dr. Moore. Glad to have you back, brother. Indeed. Um, uh, I wanted to say to um, anybody that's a parent and you can't seem to get back in touch with your, your children, Know for surety, Abraham, that you as are telling them the right thing. You may not be able to relate to them, but never give up on the fact that you are telling them the right thing as you have experienced it. Now, their, their experiences may be different, but there's principles in what you know that they will not know until they can reach your age. Maybe, may, maybe, but maybe not. Um, and so um, I, I want to be careful of not repeating generational mistakes, right? Yes, so um, what I think may have been effective sometimes um, for us as parents um, during the time in which we were parents or during the time that we were children and trying to make that relevant for our children, I think we want to be very careful in doing that. And I want to be careful in that we 
where we're limiting ourselves in terms of growth. Um, I think you and I, maybe we have, maybe we have not had the conversation about the movie uh, Fences with Denzel Washington. Yes, we did. Okay. Okay. And, and so, and, and I'm going to go back to that very briefly, just, just to um, put a pin in, in something that was very, very um, monumental or, or critical in that movie to me is that um, in, in that movie or in that playwright where Denzel was the father and he had fathered three children, um, one, one child prior to his, his marriage, one child during his marriage, um, and then he had another child outside of his marriage. And so he was playing three critical father figures but the but the father that he had became with the woman Viola, Viola Davis during in the movie that son that he was raising could not understand his father's love and so hmm. what he said to his father at one point was why don't you love me and Denzel and hmm. who he was as an old spirit, as an old guard, said to his son, don't I feed you? Don't I clothe you? Don't I provide a, a, a housing for you? And, and so to him, those things were manifestations of love. But the son could not receive that or understand that like that. Hmm. And so Denzel's argument was, why do I have to love you? But his argument was, why do I have to love you? Was why do I have to love you emotionally? I take mm. care of you. I feed you. I do all these things. But the son couldn't feel love from him. Mm. And so his son said, well, why do you hate me? Ultim ultimately, what, what, what happens is the son, in his, in his attempt to, to gain his father's love or in his attempt to you know, kind of be who he wanted to be. His father could never accept him being who he wanted to be, only being the son that he wanted him to be. Hmm. As a result, Denzel dies with his son leaving, leaving the house and his son hating him. And on his deathbed, when he dies, his son doesn't want to attend the funeral. Hmm. And it's only because of the daughter that he has while cheating on his current wife, Viola Davis, that he has with another woman that dies and he's forced to raise that child. That wife takes that child in and raises that child like her own, even though he cheated on her to have that child. But that child is a child that convinces the son that doesn't want to go to his funeral to go to the funeral. Hmm. So I'm, 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 I'm saying that to say we want to be careful in being so feeling like we're so right as parents because of what we went through that we're trying to convince our kids that we're so right and they're so wrong. Hmm. We, we need to create this space for understanding for them. Because I can tell you that a lot of us 
as parents don't understand our children and our children don't understand us. Hmm. And, and, and when we're fixated on being right and when we're fixated on the role of the parent, of I'm mom and I'm dad, but not understanding that what God has done is only allowed you to be the vessel for this child to come into the world. So while the role is mom and dad, the reality is the child is a gift to the world. Hmm. Now, um, one of the things that um, I have to make a quick distinction in is youth that are on the right path as opposed to youth that are on the wrong path. When I say what we've learned as old heads that would be beneficial to the youth, I'm talking about those that are on a wayward path as youth who are headed for self-destruction. I cannot make the same analogy about youth that are in school, that are thinking youth, that are prosperous youth, that are positive youth. I can't make that same distinction. Um, When I spoke of um, you being put in a situation of choosing a life of crime or as a youth or a life of something better, I meant that you had to have an imagination in order to see beyond your current living situation. Your current living living situation being incarcerated would have kept you there had you still held on to that gangster mentality or that um, kingpin mentality. You had to let that go and say that there's another powerful way for me to be powerful that doesn't involve this jail cell. Not that I'm trying to say what you were thinking, but I'm trying to get into the mind of those troubled youth that may be listening to this program one day in the, in the future, in the universe. Here's what you're missing in your, um, your youthful anger and rightful anger Rightful energy, wrong path. Yeah, but you know, here's the thing, bro. Um, and and I'm I'm telling you, man. It, what's weird about it is I I still struggle with that, honestly. Right. And 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 the reason why I say that is because you you there's something that happens, man. In in that youth, like childhood to 17, 20 or whatever, hmm. man, it is so deep rooted in you, right? And and all the way, I mean, I'm telling you like into your 40s and 50s and you think that you have abandoned these ideas and then somebody shows up or something shows up from your past, not intentionally, I don't care if you just went into a grocery store, I don't right. care if you're just driving down the street, but right. something shows up from your childhood and you will be surprised what comes up in you right. only because it, it it only comes up because that 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 was in you if it wasn't in you it wouldn't show up there but i'm go. telling you at 
I can tell you with with any accolades or degrees that I may may have, man, if you do something to me in a certain way, like I, like I have to check it because right. there's something that will rise up in me that will be like, what? I know this Negro did what, right? You know, and 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 I will have to check that. So when when I um when when I'm listening to you talk about those youth. And what um, in me that made me change, um, it, bro? It's 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 not, bro. It's it's constant work, right? It's it's like it's like being in rehab, right? I was right. just about to mention that because we go through the same struggle in rehab. Yeah, it's like you you there you, are certain things that could trigger me right back off of the the wagon and into just getting drunk every day it's so simple that they trigger words trigger scenarios trigger environments like if i go to a bar and i see every all of my boys drinking and having a good time i want to drink too even though i know it's gonna kill me <laughs> mm-hmm. but there's a certain camaraderie that happens out in the street in these black Live matter movements that you see a fallen comrade and you want to come to their aid but these are triggers the fact that that, that there is a, a orange head in the uh, oval office is a trigger and we have to see that and we have to uh, get to the position where we are more imaginative more open to other suggestions of black powers. Yeah, but 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 I I think that in 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 doing that is is being more um, not dis- dismissive of 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 the strategies or anything like that, but but more of what works for you, right? So, so when you just use a scenario of going to the bar with your friends, right? Mm-hmm. And I know I, I came on late tonight. And the, one of the reasons why I came on late tonight was because I had a situation where, you know, I'm in a fraternity now. And, you know, we, we well, I've been in a fraternity for years. But mm-hmm. anyway, you know, we have, we, we have what we call lines. And a line will come through. <laughs> and, you know, we go out and celebrate. <laughs> but for me... Like, I don't believe in drinking and driving, mm. right? So, but there used to be a time where I did, mm-hmm. but I don't do that shit now. I, right. You know, you know, you know I, right. <laughs> because I'm like, even even if I see other people drinking and I know they drove there, mm-hmm. I know that I can't do what they do. Right. So, so my disciplinary says to me, I want to drink, I want to be out and be festive as everybody else tonight. Hmm. But if I drove to this event, hmm. that's not going to happen. Hmm. You know, so the discipline in me says, you know, where's that water at, bros? I'm gonna drink water all night. Right. You know, I'm. Th- this is gonna be my thing. I'm gonna hang out. I'm gonna have a good time. But I, because I drove out here, that's I'm not drinking at all. Right. You know. Now, if, had I taken an Uber, it may have been different. Right, but I didn't. I didn't take over. Right, 
So, so at this place in my life, the one thing I'm not going to do is, mm-hmm. is, is, is I understand now, like, you know, some people can do certain things. Mm-hmm. I have to know what my boundaries are. There you go. And, and, and me understanding that my boundary says I can't do that. Mm-hmm. So I don't care who's smoking, who's drinking. Bruh, I drove, I'm not. Right. I can't. You know, I, I, I can't do it. But if I was at home by myself, like like now, right? you know, Saturday night, we're going to have this conversation. Oh, let me give me a couple of drinks. I ain't going nowhere. Right. You can't pay me to leave this house there after I've go. had a drink. There you go. <laughs> you know, um, unless, you know, somebody's going to drive me there and come pick me up. Mm. Bruh, I, that's not going to be a scenario for me. Right. Because I'm, I'm not going to do I'm, that. I'm not going to do that. And right. That's where I wanted to bring it back to uh, nation doctrine uh, of things that we're forbidden to do and people accusing us of uh, being cowards because we don't put ourselves in those scenarios. And all I have to say to people that think that, you would think that all you want because it's not a trigger for me to be drawn into a situation that I know is not going to turn out good for me. Right, right. I'm not doing it. Well, no matter right. what you you call me, you know, you know the trick they they used to do to draw youth into bad activity was to say, "Oh, you you's a punk. You ain't you ain't gonna do this or do that." That peer pressure doesn't apply to people with discipline, not just in the nation, but just in general. People with a certain right. discipline, like you had to have a certain discipline to get to that doctor's degree. It, sometimes when hanging out was called for, you had to say, nope, I got to do this damn homework. I got to read these chapters. You had to have a certain Bruh. discipline. Bro, let me tell you what I would do. Bro, let me tell you what I would do. Let, let me tell you how I would distance myself from the world. <laughs> I would say, this, this literally, bro, this is what I would say. <laughs> and 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 I would literally get phone calls from friends, people that I love, and say, "Hey, so and so birthday is a happy hour." <laughs> it's blah blah blah, right? I would get all that. <laughs> but here's what I would tell myself: Here's the difference between you and what you're trying to do in them. Hmm. They're going out to celebrate. Hmm. It's so it's so and so's birthday. It's it because that's just life, right? These things are happening. Mm-hmm. regardless of what you were trying to accomplish right. but I would tell myself you need to think like a doctor how would a doctor think hmm. and that and that would change my whole perspective right That's because, because in my head I would say if you're going to be a doctor a doctor isn't doing what these people are doing these people aren't trying to be doctors hmm. so if you're trying to be a doctor this is what you need to be doing and that would change my whole so no matter I don't care who it was and what was going on in my mind I would say they're not trying to be a doctor you are and if you want to be a doctor what does it take to be a doctor and mm-hmm. that would change my whole thought process I, I I would literally say okay well a doctor would be doing this right now and so that would be my discipline hmm. I, I would literally carve out my nights my weekends you know time with my family I would say you know what I know, you know, I should be doing X, Y, Z, but 
if you want to be a doctor, this is what you need to do. And that's right. and that's literally what I would do. And and that's what I'd like to apply to this conversation that we we started off with tonight. There is a solution. Maybe it may be wrong to say that people that are younger than us lack of imagination. But I am saying that there's a certain thing about that old person that you can't respect now that is going to come back to you one way or another. And it's you're either going to be on the side of right or on the side of marginalization. The right side is you've done something in your youth that is literally figuratively empowering other than protesting. You won't see that manifestation until you hit your 50s and 60s and see it coming through the youth that you get your chance to witness. I, I don't know how to articulate it enough to the youth that are going down a bad path, an inconclusive path, a path of destruction that you, no matter how much you don't respect us as being older heads, with all the technology that you have, if you miss this point, you're going to be on the wrong side of history going forward. I want to, uh, before I let you continue, Dr. Wayne, um, Brother James, if you wanted to join the conversation, go back to the Instagram live. Uh, come off of the teleconference call. In that teleconference call and go back to the Instagram live and I'll add you live through Instagram. Go ahead, Dr. Wayne. Sorry for the interruption. Yeah. I, um, so based on the, the last um, pieces of what I just heard you say, I think if, if anything, if we're trying to get to the youth um, and, and really getting them to understand and respect the older generation is teaching them hum- humility. Hmm. Right. And, 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 and teaching them humility, they'll get everything that I think you are trying to say, but it has to be in humility. Right, it has to be done in humility as well. Is it, what you're it has to be done, absolutely, and and it, and it because if they can't get that, like, okay, that's grandma, that's granddad, that's mom, that's dad. I'm just simply out of humility. I'm going to respect that. Mm-hmm. Now I can hear, mm-hmm. because if you don't have humility. And, and 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 I'm saying that because here's one of the biggest lessons I learned in my life. Something like I lost respect with my mom when I was a teenager. Mm. When I was like 17, 16, 17. Mm. And and in me losing respect for my mom because I didn't see my mom as a mom, mm. it made me lose respect for all authority. Wow. So I didn't have humility because I felt like if I wasn't going to respect my mom, who I felt like should have been the highest form of respect, right? I wasn't going to respect any authority figure. Mm. 
And I did not know the road that I was about to travel. But I could tell you, it became a very, very dark road. Just based because on there was that nothing... negative response. Absolutely. Because I could tell you that I went through a period in my life where you did not want to meet me. Hmm. I don't care how big you were, hmm. how small you were, but it was a, it was such a dark space hmm. in my life that I, I I just did not I would not have had regard for you at all. Hmm. And if and and if you were meeting me in that space, it was going to be a very bad space. Hmm. And that is what we're trying to save you from. If you're listening to this as a youth, we may be the old heads, <laughs> but there's something about us that has gotten us to this point in the face of danger. And, um, you know, I, I watched um, this video of one of the, um, the youths I'm talking about, and he's now a counselor for uh, youth that are at-risk youth, what he finds as a difficulty for himself now is the fact that even in his ability to try to help other young trouble youth, he finds his past has come back to haunt him. Somebody that he had assaulted, almost killed, has friends that see him on YouTube and then now trying to intimidate him to trigger that old self that he's trying to get rid of. Now, his old self knows exactly how to deal with anybody that's on that intimidation bullshit. And you know that, too. You already know how to handle it. But what you're faced with is, do I lose everything that I've gained through all of that hard struggle by just proving to these damn fools that I'm still that nigga. I'm sure you can identify with uh, Dr. Wayne. Okay. Uh, bro, I, I, first, I appreciate um, you you sharing that. And secondly, I, I just, I, I'm going to self-disclose, um, but very limited. Right. Because you and I had a podcast, and then after the podcast, you and I had a personal conversation. Right, right. Um, and and I, I'm still, I still go there. Mm-hmm. But what, but 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 what, what I want to say to what you just talked about with with this fella mm-hmm. is that the power, the power is in you, and when you give that power to someone else, I don't care hmm. about all the street shit that, that, that we come up off of or whatever but the streetest shit of the street shit is who you give your power to hmm. and, and and so what I'm saying is I don't care who the loser is who the clown is or whatever name we want to give this person that or these people that are trying to take you down a road that you know better than you you are empowering them hmm. if 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 you allow that to happen. Hmm. Because here's the thing, you you already know where you're trying to go. You know where you're trying to be. 
But if you are going to let this person make you that mad, take you that much out of character, make you lose everything that you have, you have given them every bit of power that you said that you have. Wow. And what I'm telling you is that, is that acknowledge your power and don't give that power away because you have played into that sucker's hand. You, you get all the street knowledge. You know the street knowledge. But now, this person is trying to use your, that knowledge against you, and you are about to become a victim of your own power. Mm. They are not that powerful. Do not allow them to use that power against you. Mm. And that was deep, and we're at the 25-minute, 26-minute mark in DF and Universe. This was our last segment, brother. I asked you, as I do every week, um, do you wish to go into a bonus round? <laughs> bro, we can. Does, does, does Brother James, uh, did he get in? Is he trying to get in? That brother I know Sister is Ebony is, is technically savvy enough to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> He's still okay, stuck okay. in the effing universe somewhere. <laughs> okay. okay. I try okay. to help him all I can, brother. I can't do nothing for you, man. I'm too busy trying to do for me. Okay. And and, and Sister Ebony is gone. Yeah, she fell asleep. Okay. It reminds okay. me of the scriptures, brother, when Jesus said to him, Can you but tarry another hour with me, brother? Indeed. Indeed. The, so, the Indeed. disciples fell asleep when the soldiers came. <laughs> Conveniently. <laughs> I, well, I I I hope uh, Sister Ebony and and Brother James are, are feeling enlightened or have felt enlightened in them. <laughs> but uh, we're gonna what? continue with another half an hour before this thing cut me off on this half an hour. Okay. We'll be right back okay. after these messages. All right. Oh my people I want you to understand and know the time And we are back in the effing universe For a bonus round And I wrote in the IG chat I misspelled nation But um the nation of Islam as a brand of black power thinking. And let me explain what I mean by a brand. Um, no other organization that um, started in the 1900s is still in such a powerful position to even be mentioned or discussed in 2020, as is the Nation of Islam. I'm not, I don't think we're the only one, but um, certainly we would be in that discussion of black power organizations. To be discounted by some and ridiculed by some is a mistake that you'll learn maybe in your 
60 years if you make it that long. Um, there's a lot of things in the nation that's outdated. But um, and one thing, we didn't get uh, 80 years under our belt as a nation being stupid, putting ourselves in, in situations that are tragic. The only outcome that could come from that position would be a tragic tragedy. Nor do we put our followers in a situation where we have to explain to their parents why their son or daughter didn't come home. That is not the responsibility associated with the leadership of the nation of Islam. Now, it may be powerful to you as a youth that protesting this way, jumping on cars, being defiant, is going to be a viable way to fight the man and fight the system, but it's not our way. And um, that's what I wanted to say at the beginning of this podcast and to bring this conversation full circle on on that aspect of um, being gangster in Black Power movement. Hmm. Um, but I'm not. I'm not sure how I want to elaborate on that. Um, is that actually there was a there was a piece that I think that I have written now that I wanted to kind of elaborate on in another conversation about um, black gangsterism or black loyalty to gangsterism. Sure, let's but, go. Um, <laughs> I can't. I, I I have to find. I have to find the conversation that I wrote, that I wrote down. Mm. Um, so you can continue to talk. I'll I'll search my little notebook right here real quick while we do that. Yes, sir. Um, so to continue my point on what's considered power in Black Power movement. It may seem on the surface, and it's quite effective in the short term, to protest. To say that we are going to be defiant with our voices is certainly um, not something that can be overlooked by the powers that be. It shakes the, the, the power structure and the status quo of such a nation. However, in the long term, you may not be able to say that it has its effectiveness. Nobody that is a Malcolmite or Malcolm head can say that it wouldn't be more effective to have Malcolm alive today. Nobody um, in the voting and civil rights could say that it wouldn't be more powerful and effective to have Martin, Mega Evers, uh, Cheney and Goodman and um, from the Black Panthers, um, I forgot the, um, Huey P. Newton, all, all of these people still 
being viable today. And we have to watch or be careful of the situations that we want to put our organizations in, the line of fire that we want to put our leaders in, in order to speak for us. We have to be very careful as followers that we don't write a check that our ass can't cash. <laughs> so it, it, it's gangster as a motherfucker to defy the government. But what is it going to get you in the long run in terms of the change in the direction of the black uh, community as a whole? And I'd like to say to the... Um, there's, there's there's celebrities that want to know what they they what can they do, and I'm telling you, as a brand, invest in the nation of Islam. Do it quietly. Do it secretly. You don't have to come out in the public, but invest in the youth in the nation of Islam. They will be a future if we can help them. To change too, they need change too. That belt that we were wearing back then, that suit that we were wearing back then, has to be upgraded. That car that you were driving back then has to be replaced. You got to get a new car, and it's the same with Black Power Movement. There has to be adjustments, and that's what the youth is should be for. That creativity. Instead of that violence that they can demonstrate, they can demonstrate the violence so effectively that you say, wow, they can get a lot done. But that short-term goes. Where is their creativity in the mind rather than the muscle that could get us into long-term goals of effective change for the black masses in our communities? So We don't so- want to see these ghettos continue. So who who are you giving this responsibility to? I know it. I'm just talking on my soapbox, brother. <laughs> <laughs> While no one is listening. Uh, okay. I will remind everybody that the Instagram live, we have zero <laughs> listeners at this point. <laughs> and we have zero listeners on Anchor. But uh, I, I did see we got a um, the last podcast last night's podcast got a um got a about seven plays or something like that but there's really? been an increase in this month's uh listenership for some mm. reason i don't know why mm. okay okay so so let's kind of dig into kind of both uh what you were talking about um in terms of i i, I think you feel very strongly about um uh, the youth and their participation in protesting and how they're protesting. Um, and I don't know if you feel that they're wrong or they're right or, or giving them insight. I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but... I'm saying that no matter... Um, but particularly to the Black youth because they're the ones with enough energy to do this shit. But you're protesting should not be putting you in harm's way. And I bring up the example of the uh, people mowed down yesterday 
on 39th Street and 3rd Avenue, Midtown Manhattan. And these are white youth. These ain't even black youth. Doing but I don't, but but I don't think I but I don't think I don't think that's fair. Right? And let me tell you why I don't think it's fair. Right? When you say and you know that, fair is that my trigger word, but go ahead, brother. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> you can come back to it. But 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 what I'm gonna say is that when you are protesting, I don't care if it was core, I don't care if it was SNCC, I don't care if it was um uh, 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 um, any level of protest, if it was um, a, a sitting on a bus, you know, you you are always putting yourself in harm's way, and and so there's no way to protest and not put yourself in harm's way. I mean, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. Everybody, Marcus Garvey, everybody who protested um, uh, the bus boy protest, everybody putting themselves in harm's way. I don't know how you protest and not, you know, put yourself in harm's way. Do you consider the um, Million Man March a protest? Yeah, a different how type of people. How many people were harmed on that day, brother? Well, here's what I could tell you about what I know, right? What I know is what I don't know, right? But but in in terms of what I could tell you specifically about what I know is that white folks were told to get out of town. White folks were told to not to be in certain places. White folks were told, and I was told this by white folks, right? And 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 so even as peaceful as people saw it, I was there on, on the lawn. And I remember seeing a particular white guy who was trying to be an agitator to get something started. Hmm. And do you know what happened to him, brother? <laughs> I can tell you what I saw physically happen to him was 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 nothing. The brothers completely ignored him. They saw him as an agitator. They saw him as a ploy, as a as a plot, and so hmm. people just ignored him. And so That's he was discipline, brother. Right. But what I'm saying is, the discipline was happening not even with the nation. But it was happening right. with the people, the, the people that were there. They were right. told, regardless of, of, of what you see, what you feel, whatever, do not respond. Right. So so to your point that is there is it possible to have a, a non-incident protest? It is. But we're not going to protest to the government. The, the Million Man March was an atonement to our own shortcomings within ourselves. That's the only thing that we can change as a people. We cannot change this rice, this racist white man from being who he is. He's never going to change from that until something in his heart. Well, I think I, I think that was the minister's... I think Minister Farrakhan, that was his mission. I don't know that, if that was a mission for everybody that was out there. Right. But I think that Minister Farrakhan's influence changed anybody's preconceived mission 
into something different once we got out there on that mall and saw all of those black men and not one incident of violence, not one incident of disruption or incident of um, chaos like what happened at um, Jones Beach when the people got stampeded. It would have been so easy to cause a stampede with that many men in the Million Man March and it didn't happen because of the mindset of how the minister wanted us to be out there. Yeah, that what, was instructed even before he began to speak. But I think, in fairness, bro, I, you know, I will say this: I think that wasn't what, that a powerful statement? Yeah, but 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 hear me out. I I think that what the minister did was something that was unanticipated. They 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 weren't they were not prepared for that. There you go, and they, that is the point that I'm making in terms of black power strategies. Let's be powerful when we're thinking about, and let's be creative when we're thinking about how we're going to attack the status quo. Not physically attack them, but be mentally smart. You know? Yeah, but I, I think what the minister was able to do at that time was, was very impactful. However... And unprecedented at that. And, that, and, that, and I think that was a secret. Because, hmm. because, because... He hasn't, and no one else has been able to do that hmm. since that time. And and I think that they have strategically planned against another black person being that power right. and being able to do that. You better believe it, brother. Did you yeah. find your notes? Yeah, I did. Go right ahead, brother. So um, what I had written now was, and I don't know how deep we can get into this, but um. It was entitled Street Code, what it means and how it affects us or you psychologically. Hmm. And I don't exactly know how to get into that. Um, you know. Let it fly, brother. Put it okay. out into the universe. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, it goes back to, I think, uh, our a part of our earlier conversation about um, the validity of street code and what that means and what that gets you into psychologically. And I think it's almost like, it's, it's almost like religion, right? To me, because there's all these codes and laws that you follow based on your religion, right? So whether you call yourself Muslim, Christian, whatever it is, but if you consider yourself a street person, there's also codes that come with that. Hmm. But it, you don't, at the time, you're not thinking about how that affects you psychologically. And so I was talking about earlier, like from the time that you were a youth to the time you're like 24, 25, if you have those street codes deeply embedded in you, how that affects you psychologically is 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 devastating. Hmm. It, they're they're your triggers. Yeah, but but not only your triggers, but they're your, they're your rules for life. You're right. And 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 if they are your if they are your tools for life, then how do you survive? You can only survive in one world. Hmm. 
One man can't serve two masters. Um, I don't know that he can effectively. I think he can try, and I. But I. But I, I think what happens is is what happened with me, right? Where you try to do a little bit of good, a little bit of bad. <laughs> You know, and it's going up and down. You're trying to do a, a lot of good at one point and a lot of not good at another point. But the thing is, you got one foot in and you got one foot out. Hmm. And 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 so um, to go back to your point about raising the youth, because if they come from any part of where we come from, which was bad, but they want to get to a point that is good, they don't understand what having part of that foot in the bad while they're trying to do good affects them. Hmm. Right? So you still kind of have your nose to the ground in terms of the street, but you're still trying to do X, Y, Z. And that's how I ended up in facing 30 years of prison. Wow. Even while I was in my junior year of college. Hmm. I still ended up facing 30 years of prison. Say that. And so, and so what I want to be and so what I want to be careful of is understanding that when you're trying to do this good, you're trying to uh, and and I think you were trying to articulate earlier about um the youth not being confused about what what is good, what's a good youth, what's a bad youth, what's doing the right thing, what's doing the wrong thing. See, I was in that place. So I understand that. Right. And so I understand what it means of like me trying to be a good person, being trying to be a good student or be, you know, a good child to the parent. I understand all that. Right. But when you come from the bad, it's hard to just move all the way out here into the good, good space. It's hard to get there because there's so much of your baggage that where you were raised from is going to try to pull you back into that. The, the reality is that's never going to leave you. And that's why I was saying earlier, what we, I, when you talk about getting to a certain place, and I was like, wow, man, I don't know that you ever get there. It's almost like being in rehab. Because when you come from a certain place, that history stays there and it's constantly trying to bring you back into it. Hmm. So it's a constant battle. Now, I'm saying this for the good of anybody that might be listening to this going forward is that you are in a constant rehab and need to understand that. Thinking, it's almost like what we were taught in Islam. The path of God is an infinite path. And so as long as you are on the path of Allah, you're on the path of, 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 of infinite. That's it's only right, when Muhammad. It's, it's <laughs> It's only when you think that you have arrived that you have deviated from the path of Allah. Come on. So, so when you think that you have gotten to where you need to be from where you come from is where you have deviated. Because now you think you over everything that you come from in life because you have a degree, because you have money, because you have X, Y, and Z. When you think that you are there, is when you have deviated from that path. You have to know that you are constantly evolving. And mm. so what I say to anybody, and, 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 and what the nation teaches, what the 5% teaches, the 5% coming from the nation, the honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches, 
is that, you know, man is God, but in man being God, man is evolving. Hmm. The path of Allah is evolving. Hmm. So when we say the black man is God, the, yeah, the black man is God, but the black man is God, but the black man is constantly evolving. Hmm. God is in you. And constantly, constantly being challenged on being and, God. And you are constantly evolving as a God. Hmm. And you haven't deviated that path until you think that you now have arisen as God. Hmm. So you are, you don't manifest God, you are manifesting God. Hmm. That's a powerful point, bro. That's what you call a PowerPoint. A black PowerPoint. Bro, that's what we build, bro. That's what we do. This We're is building. our ministry to the youth. It took us an hour to get here, brother, but um, <laughs> <laughs> we hope that anybody with a young mind, a young mind that is not for the shits, not for the nigga shit that they put in front of us, and you want to help the black community to black empowerment, don't be drawn into the short term. Look at the long-term goals on what can be done. We're at the 22-minute mark, brother. We're going to go to 25 minutes, so I'll let you have the last word. Um, If you go beyond, don't worry about it. Just keep on going. <laughs> we, we teaching tonight and we preaching. <laughs> um. No, bro. So I'm, you know, I'm. I just want to build on on, on where we are, bro. I think that um, that it's. I think there's so much in in what we um know, and so much that we don't know, but in 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 terms of um taking our youth and taking us to the next level, that 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 place of of evolution. And, and, and growing is for all of us. You know, you, you know, whether you are old God or, or young God, if you're still here, you're still evolving. But to get to a place where you feel like, okay, that, or, or that you feel that you have evolved, that's when you start to do that, that younger generation a disservice. Hmm. Because you, you're telling them to come to you to seek guidance, or you want them to come to you to seek guidance, but you yourself have stopped evolving. Hmm. You yourself have stopped growing. Hmm. Teach on it, brother. And so, and and if you if you have stopped evolving, you stop growing. What are you going to realistically be able to give them beneficial beneficially to grow? Hmm. Because really, anything lying in a horizontal position for too long is dead. Teach. So if you want the so if you want the youth to grow, you got to be able to sit upright. Hmm. You can tell a fruit um, a tree by the fruit it bears. Absolutely. 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 
Well, hopefully we reach somebody. If not now, 300 years in the future, brother. I don't take <laughs> it that long. Uh, this technology, yeah. uh, thank Allah, is universal. It will yeah. uh, play when we're gone. Yeah. Uh, hopefully somebody, uh, like they did in the Renaissance for the Greek uh, life, Somebody will dig it up and say, this is a gem. This is has its own weight and go. Somebody needs to hear this. Yeah. And on that note, brother, um, we will be in touch next week. Indeed, bro. Um, we'll come back to take over the universe once again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. I, I appreciate the session, bro. I, you know, um, I, I this was therapeutic for us both. <laughs> yeah, 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 bro. Sometimes I, you know, we we get into these conversations, and I I don't even know where it comes comes from, but it, it just comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, just 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 in our conversation, but it speaks volumes to the God speaking to the God, right? Not not degrees, not you know education, quote unquote the quote unquote education. But the wisdom, the wisdom of the gods, right? Yes, sir. you know, I, I, you know, when people get into you know their degrees and who has a doctor degree, who has a master's degree, a bachelor's degree, mm-hmm. all, all those things. When you take Malcolm, when you take the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and both of them having at most combined an eighth grade education, hmm. but manifesting supreme wisdom and teaching supreme wisdom mm. and that's what it's about yeah. that dialectic of two yeah atoms just interacting with each other and creating something different yeah out of yeah. nothing <laughs> yeah but 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 bro that's the manifestation of god there you go because god comes out of the triple darkness of nothing that's right and manifests human beings and manifest thought. Yes, sir. You know, manifest perception. That's the science. That's mathematics. And that's the ciphers that we used to have in our youth. Yeah, absolutely. And we had good intentions, brother. We wanted to be effective in Black empowerment. And that's what we want to do today for our youth. If anything, just in words, and our deeds from the past. If we learn from your history, brothers and sisters, it will bring you into the path of all consciousness. That is how you stay woke in this universe with so many devils just trying to distract you, trying to trigger you back into your old path. Know that you are on the right path. And this is BF in Universe. Thank you, brother. I want to thank you for your participation in this powerful lecture. Hopefully we can get it out to the youth by putting it into the universe as we do. Indeed. See you next week, brother. Inshallah. Peace to the God. Peace. From you power. Now you're trying to get it back, but you don't know how. So they sell you a gun. You didn't go to the gun store and get it.
because they wouldn't sell it to you at the gun store. But you got it on the market, the white market, and they sold you a weapon. And they knew you were not going to be involved in a drive-by shooting in the white neighborhood. You were not going to do carjacking in the white neighborhood. They know that the more guns they put in your hand, you would begin to terrorize your own neighborhood. So it's guns and drugs and jobless men. Guns and drugs and pain-filled men. Guns and drugs and bitter, frustrated men. Guns and drugs and men with no creative mind. Guns and drugs and a man that is not really a man of his own.